0: Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Witness This Podcast. You're listening to episode six. I'm your host, Marlon Johnson, and today's guest is Hootie Gabishian. Now, Hootie is a gymnast, and typically on this show, we get a lot of parkour athletes or action sport athletes. However, after going out to dinner with Hootie, I got to talking with her, and found out that she has a lot more in common with the parkour community than the traditional American gymnastics community. Hudi is an Olympian that was in the 2016 Olympics. She competed for Team Armenia, which is interesting to state because that team, or that country, actually, male gymnastics is... More of the popular sport and female gymnastics is more of a friend sport. Where in the U.S. we find that male gymnastics is on a steep decline and women's gymnastics is blowing up. So, our Houdie understands very deeply what it's like to be an outsider pursuing her passion, pursuing her sport. We go over a lot. We speak about what it's like to actually go to the Olympics what life after hitting your goal feels like, that was a big one. You know, most of us don't know what to do afterwards, after we climb the mountain. We speak about figuring out why you do what you do and what skills you need to start a business, going from being an athlete to a business owner. This was a fun conversation for me, and hopefully it's a fun conversation for you. Before you guys start listening, I want to make sure that you pay your price of admission, which, as you already know, is not monetary. What I ask for here is that you share this podcast with your friends, your family, on social media. If at the end of the podcast you receive value, please just take a minute to tag us screenshot yourself listening tag witness this underscore brand tag hootie's instagram which she mentions it's in the link below and just let us know that you heard and that you got value and you want more things like this um yeah i guess i'll catch you guys on the back end of this interview for now enjoy all right. What's up, guys? Welcome back. You're chilling with Marlon Johnson and Hudi Gebishian. Saying it right? Yes, Awkward. you got it. I just practiced that for like the last 30 seconds. Got it. <laughs> All right. First Armenian name I think I've ever said ever in my entire life. We're chilling at Woodward. If you guys are hearing a ton of noise in the background, I apologize We are sitting at the canteen. There's so much noise. There's some kid out there staring directly at me. You're probably hearing the skateboards roll under us. Hopefully, this audio is clear, and you guys will be able to hear it. Um, If you're listening now, that means you already listened to the introduction where I tell you a little bit about her accolades, her background. So we're going to jump right into it. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Yeah, I'm happy Um, to be here.
0: Yeah, so I want to kind of get to the meat of kind of one of your biggest accolades which is you competed for Team Armenia in the 2016 Olympics correct? Yes. Um, yep. You know what was that all about you know you told me about it a little the other day and you informed me actually that with that team in that country men's male's gymnastics is more the mainstream sport and female gymnastics is actually the fringe sport and mm-hmm. that that dynamic was a little different so can you explain a little bit about that and as well as just the overall experience of you went to the Olympics like that's <laughs> that's big like a lot of kids that's the dream and you did it at the age of 27 which you know I'm not trying to get <laughs> age out there but like no worries you know that's fire that's really cool so thank you, know, you. can you explain a little
1: yeah I mean that that is like a, a layer on layer on layer question um but let, let's break it down so why did I compete for for Armenia? How did I get there? Um, what was my motivation? Mostly, my biggest motivation was to try and bring Armenia onto this international stage, especially in women's gymnastics. Like you said, it's a very male-dominated society um, where, not even just in gymnastics, but in general, you know, men have way more opportunities that women than women do, and. I wanted to kind of break that barrier and kind of show the world that, you know, it's it's not all about the men. It, it, we, we can contribute just as much as they can. Um, and so my platform t- for doing that was through gymnastics. Um, and so I climbed the ranks. Um, I'm a dual citizen, so born and raised here in the United States. Um, trained here, but competed for Armenia. My heritage is from there. My family is from there. Um, so there's always, you know, been a piece of my heart in Armenia, and so now, you know, representing them and, and having that accolade, like you said, has, has really kind of built this repertoire and, and turned into something really bigger than myself, which I never thought that, you know, I would be doing or, or being that person to pave the way or, or make a movement, but it turned into that, and, and that's something that um, I'm really proud of, and I hope has inspired um, more girls, more women, not even just in Armenia, but in general, to try something new, to step outside of their boundaries, and and to do whatever it is that they they want to do, um, but are afraid to do because you know society says that they can't. Um, so that was my really my biggest goal for for competing for Armenia and doing it at such an old age. Um, mm-hmm. But <laughs> uh, yeah. but, it's but it was always. Right <laughs> It was always kind of a dream of mine to to make it there. And um, so year after year, I just, I trained and and finally, finally made it. Um, I don't remember the rest of the questions. That was question number one. that was
0: question number one. Question number two was, what was the overall experience of actually being at the Olympics? Like you shed some light on it to me, Mm -hmm. at least your experience, you know, because everyone kind of has what their expectations are going to be. And then your experience when you shared that with me, I was like, wow. First off that was like the moment where I was like okay she's cool I like her like I she's
1: <laughs> I passed the test. Yeah,
0: you passed the test. That was like all right she <laughs> needs to be interviewed. People need to know about her. We need to share the story. Well, thank you. More and more.
1: Yeah. Um so the thing about the Olympics, you know, everybody dreams of becoming an Olympian. Um and competing on that stage with the Olympic rings and you know, the best of the best on this cr- crazy big arena, you know, that, that is the dream. Um, but what I realized through the entire journey and and through actually getting there and competing and, and having that experience is that the most valuable part of everything was the journey leading up to the Olympics. You know, everything I put into it, you know, my blood, my sweat, my tears, my energy, my all, everything went into becoming an Olympian. And when I got there, it was, you know, it was just another competition. It was the best competition of my life. It was, it was an amazing experience. But realistically, I was there doing the routines that I had done a million times at every other competition I had competed at. There was just Olympic rings everywhere. Um, but once I finished and and once I hit you know my final routine, I looked back at the entire you know my life journey to get there, and that's really when it hit me like wow, like I just did this. I accomplished this dream. Um, and everything that, that I put into it was worth it. Um, and so I guess, yeah, that, that's what it means, you know, that's what it means to be an Olympian. And that's kind of what I got out of it is, is the journey, the journey to get there, um, was worth it. And, and the biggest thing actually was that, I put I knew that I put everything I possibly could into it and I had zero regrets whether I made it to the Olympics or not I knew that everything was out on the floor and I gave it my all and I think that's the most valuable thing I, I got out of it um, no matter what your dream is um, mine obviously was was making it to the Olympics as long as you know that you've put everything out there and you have you, you have nothing left then you can be proud of whatever that accomplishment is is. And that's, that's really what I felt um, making it to Olympics and and finally accomplishing that dream.
0: (laughs) See, and that's why I think you're so cool. Like that answer right there is amazing. Just the idea that, yeah, you know, like prepare for this as best you can and know that you put your all into it because Mm -hmm. there's this thing when people don't necessarily get the result they're looking for and they're looking for outside things to blame or, they're like, hey, it, it didn't happen because of this or because of this, but it's like all of that's irrelevant if at the end of the day you gave it your all. You gave it honest effort and you yep. know on the inside. like It's not a external measure. It's not someone saying like, wow, you worked really hard. It's on the inside you know, mm-hmm. wow, I put in my all. I hustled for this. I wrote down my eating schedule. I woke up and went to the gym. I sacrificed hanging out on Friday nights with my friends. Mm-hmm. I didn't go on those dates. Like, There's so many things that you gave up to make it happen and you could be proud of that at the end when it's time to hand in the paper, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like no matter what the outcome the deadline, is, you right.
1: you know, you, you are proud of the process of whatever it was that you did. So. That is
0: so yeah. cool. I love that. I love that. <laughs> so, you know, that was I had to ask about that because like that's yeah. kinda like the first major thing. <laughs> and now like I want to get into you more as a person now because there's a life after gymnastics. There's a life after the Olympics. There's a life after you conquer the mountains. And you conquered a pretty big one two years ago. So I'm curious, what mountain would you say that you're climbing right now? What are you working towards? What are the goals? I know that's a big, uh, question. That's that is a a big question.
1: question. That is a big question. I think a lot of athletes struggle with, you know, what am I supposed to do now that, like, this big part of my life, this identity that I, you know connected with my entire life is, is done. Um, and that's, I, I, went through that a little bit. Um, but I found projects, I found things that, that I do love and that have replaced that. Um, I work as a physician assistant, so I work in the hospital, I deliver babies for a living. So what better, that's better true. way than, you know, bringing life into this world and, and feeling really, you know, valuable to society. Um, so I do that and, um, I started my own company, which is called Full Out Collegiate Recruiting, where I guide high school students, um, high school athletes with the college recruiting process and really try and teach them how to get out of their their little shell um, and feel confident and comfortable talking about themselves. Because, you know, most kids are, aren't are comfortable talking about themselves. You know, I'm uncomfortable talking about myself. I'm uncomfortable picking up the phone and, and calling somebody. Um, so really trying to build that confidence in athletes um, is something that I've... Found is super super rewarding, and I wish I had when I was younger. Um, so I started that business to keep myself involved and hopefully to spread some good knowledge and um, value to society. Um, and yeah, I do. You know, I'm still here coaching. I coach at Woodward. I coach all um, all around just to I don't know stay involved with gymnastics. I guess I guess those are my biggest mountains. I'm I'm climbing, climbing, trying to figure out. You know. What's, what's my value in society now that I'm, I'm done being an Olympian and using that Olympic platform to kind of bounce into other realms, I guess.
0: I like that. You just said something that really triggered you know, a big thought for me because you, know, you speak about how you want to teach these kids how to be recruited, how to put themselves out there, how to speak about themselves and show their good, positive qualities. And you speak about being an athlete that was there on top of a pedestal and then you kind of finish this event and now it's time to climb up to the next thing. And how do you find your value again when so much of who you were and how good you are is associated to the sport you're doing, to how well you perform at this sport, at this mm-hmm. event? And now that that event's over and done with, how do you figure out your own value? Like, that's a crazy important topic for kids and adults, for everybody, really, Mm -hmm. because it's something I find a lot of us struggle with. It's how do we kind of find self-validation and self-fulfillment, and it's not just through external cues. You know, I think you and I kind of bonded over this talk at dinner when we were saying in gymnastics there a lot of the girls or boys they are so used to getting their praise from the coach that it's the only way they can find value within themselves it's the only way they know how to feel good so outside of the coach's praise they like don't really see much self-worth in themselves although they're these amazing awesome individuals it's all they've known from such a young age it's the sport of gymnastics is kind of negative in the sense of you start with your perfect score and the points are being deducted mm-hmm. for each little thing and your coach for the most time you know I've worked in a gymnastics gym for seven years and the coaches are pretty much just standing there looking pretty stern all day long <laughs> and then when you finally like hit your first double back the smile pops out for 30 seconds and then back to that stern look so now you feel like alright like the only way I get this person's approval who's kind of at this point like mom and dad to me because mm-hmm. I spend just as much if not more time with them than i do with my actual family the only way for me to get their approval is to keep performing at a higher and higher and higher level okay. and we all know that that can only go on but for so long eventually you know the limits of the human body get there your age gets there your knees get there something, <laughs> something happens and you yeah. just and now how do we how do we find that self worth like right. so i'm kind of curious it's like what um What do those conversations, I guess, sound like when you're speaking with a gymnast, you know, like who potentially wants to go the Olympic route or the college route and you find yourself in a place where it's like, how do you balance that conversation of saying you could have both? You could have the self-validation and you could also go out there and be put on a stage go put on a show for these people to judge you, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. what's that sound like? I'm curious.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head, like straight on with how, you know, gymnastics kind of has this culture. Um, but I have these conversations with these, these young athletes really trying to understand what is their motivation? Like, why are they doing gymnastics? What is it that they love about the sport that is motivating them to want to go the Olympic route or to go the college route or, or whatever it is? Because like you said, a lot of kids just want to feel like they have some worth and whether it's in sport or in school or whatever, getting straight A's and having, you know, your teachers say, hey, good job or whatever it is, um, really trying to, to teach these athletes that it comes from you, you know, you have to know that, you know, you're putting in this work because you want to be putting in this work, not because you want somebody else to feel, you know, happy of whatever it was that you were successful in. Like, you need to know that whatever it is that you're doing, you're proud of. You're proud of because you've done it. It's been on your terms and, you know, you're successful in that realm, um, so so that's the conversation I have with with these young kids, and a lot of them, you know, they're young and they don't really know. You know, I go to the gym because I love doing gymnastics. Okay, but what is it that you love about it? You know, what is it that makes you go in every day? Um, is it because you love to impress your coach, or is it because you just love? playing around and being upside down, you know, like I couldn't have enough of doing gymnastics. Clearly I did it until I was 27. (laughs) So, um, you know, I, I had a lot of internal motivation. I just, I, the gym was my home. It literally was where I wanted to be and spend all of my time. Um, and so really trying to get down to the root of these kids, um, whether it's you know their motivations for gymnastics, motivations for school, motivations for whatever it is, really peeling back the layers and and figuring out who they are as as a whole, um, and like down to their core, so that they know themselves, because most of them have no idea. You know, they haven't asked those difficult questions, right. and so having somebody really press them for it, it's uncomfortable. They are really uncomfortable trying to trying to answer them and figure out who they are, but. They, I mean, I don't want to speak on behalf of them, but um, I can see from my side where they start and where they end up and how much they've grown. And I like to think they appreciate the growth. Um, But I I know in my heart that when they look back a couple years from now and and realize kind of all of this work that we did and and figuring out who they are, and I, I think they'll be more prepared for when, like you said, like, what do you do when gymnastics is over or, or, you know, you've climbed that mountain that you want, you know, what's the next step. And with them figuring out who they are and, and what their core values are, I think will help them in the future figure out, you know, what's the next mountain they're going to climb. So.
0: That is so cool. I mean, I am huge into the why aspect of everything. And I don't think you're ever too young or too old to ask yourself, why am I doing what I'm doing? Yeah. That's what I love so much about when I'm coaching. And, you know, you've got a chance to see a little bit of the parkour guys. When I work with them, especially here at Woodward, a big thing is these kids come here and I tell them, like, I'm not going to force you to do anything. You know, if you want to do it, come to me, ask me, because then you have your own reasons for wanting the tricks. And you're not just doing it for me. You're not doing it for the athlete, the VIP that's here, you're doing it because you want to do Mm -hmm. it. And, you know, like that's something that's big when, especially like from coach, I'm sure you've seen this, where you have a kid who wants to progress a skill, Mm -hmm. right? And, or not even that they want to progress the skill, you want to see them move on to the next Mm -hmm. skill. And, you know, let's say it's something as simple as you want to see them go to their double front flip. And they don't, you know they they're terrified to go there, yeah. and you're you see it like they have the physicality, they have the technique, they have all the tools needed to go there, and they're just not they're going not there. It. And it's yeah. like, why is this kid not mm-hmm. doing it? A lot of coaches never take the time to ask them, Do you want a double front flip? Exactly. Find out that kid wants. You find out that no, mm-hmm. that kid does not have any desire mm-hmm. to double front, or maybe you find out they sort of do, and they don't even recognize that. They do want it, and when they start to recognize, no, I I really do want this, all right, I am willing to figure out how to make it work, and Mm -hmm. because now they want it intrinsically, because oftentimes we find that we're looking at people who want it more for them than they want it for themselves.
1: I think that was one of the most difficult things I had to learn when I went into coaching. Um, Because a lot of the time when I was training, you know, I I was really self-motivated. I mean, for the Olympics, the 2016 Olympics, I literally coached myself. I didn't have a coach. Um, I created my own training schedules. I went in the gym, I, you know, put in the blood, sweat and tears, like all by myself. And I I was really intrinsically motivated. And I feel like I have this expectation that that's just how athletes are. (laughs) Um, but then when I went into coaching and that's not how athletes are, you know, there are some that just want to be there for fun. There's some that are really dedicated. There's some that are kind of, kind of in the middle and, um, I, the first year or two coaching, I was very much that coach that wanted everybody to progress and, and move forward. And I knew that they could. And, and I really pushed them and pushed them and pushed them. But I had kind of this, this, um, reserve from from my athletes on not really moving forward and and moving in the direction that I wanted them to move into. And so a year or two into it, I took that step back and I actually talked to them. And I was like, what are our goals? Not what are my goals. What are our goals? What are your goals? How can I help you get to where you want to go? Is it, you know, do you want to be the one that's just playing around in the pit? Okay, like that will be (laughs) our goal. Let's play in the pit. Do you want to be the one that's hitting all of your beam routines? Okay, let's make it so we're hitting all of our beam routines. So really targeting, um, you know, what it was that the athlete wanted, what they were motivated to do, helped me, I think, become a better coach. Um, It definitely created less butting heads between me and my athletes. Um, But it was like this realization of, oh, like, they're in control, you know. I can only lead them with whatever it is that they want to be doing you know if they don't want to be doing it if they're not motivated to do it then you know I'm just working and working and working for no reason um, and so really finding that common ground of you know I'm here to help you I'm here to motivate you I'm here to do what you need me to do but I need you to tell me what's our goal and where are we going to go um, and so that was uh, you know i i i guess i never realized that when i was an athlete and i had coaches coach me um but they must have been great coaches cuz cuz you know i i never had that like butting heads situation um but they obviously were smarter than i was <laughs> so. that is
0: so cool i mean that's a in my opinion a huge sign of sign of growth as a human as a person mm-hmm. for you to first off recognize wow, not everybody thinks the way I think because mm-hmm. I think that's an interesting experience for us to all have. And we don't all have it and it doesn't come at any specific age because I meet people that are way older than me who still haven't, re- you can see it when you talk to them, mm-hmm. oh, you haven't figured out that we don't all think the same yet, that we're all different and some people respond to things differently. So I think that's an amazing quality for a person, especially a coach or a teacher or a mentor Mm -hmm. to recognize, you know what, I may know how to do this thing. And I learned how to do it my way. However, my way may not fit you in your way, but I can still help because what I need to do is break down the barriers, build the bridge of communication Mm -hmm. and figure out where you're trying to go and where you currently are and help you see those things. Cause at the end of the day, my opinion I think and you might agree with this or you might disagree that a good coach is somebody that just helps you figure out how to help yourself. And at I the like end that. of the day like it's the accomplishments belong to you. So you know you were somebody that was self motivated and you're able to build and create things for yourself. And at the same time when you had coaches it seemed that they were just able to help you pull that out of yourself. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the skill, you performed it. You got yourself where you had to go. It was, it really was all you at the end of the day. The coach didn't learn the trick. You learned the trick. Right. They and I, assisted. and I,
1: yeah, I think it goes full circle to, you know, the conversation that we had earlier of, you know, taking ownership in yourself, you know, as an athlete or as a student or whatever it is, um, really knowing that you're, you're putting everything you possibly can into whatever that goal is. And then ultimately being happy with that outcome um on the coaches aspect you know knowing what that outcome is that 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 kid wants and and really trying to move them in that direction that works for them I mean it's all about communication it's all about respect it's it's all about um having that conversation and it's a tough conversation especially with kids that don't know you know they don't know what motivates them they don't know um you know what they really want you know Maybe they just want to have fun. You know, uh, who right. knows? But having those difficult conversations um, take time and take, you know, repetitive, um, you know, conversations over and over and over until you break it down and and you figure out, okay, yeah, that's why we're doing things. Yes. Um, that's the goal that we want. And it eventually comes. Sometimes it just takes a little bit of time.
0: Yeah. No, it's cool. So, um, yeah. so, you know, kind of I want to pull back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier, like your new goals and You're getting out and I know scary, like starting something new for the first time. You you have your own business now. Mm -hmm. Um, What have you begun learning from growing a business from scratch? Um, How much of your gymnastics background or experience is helping fuel this new mission and journey? And what skills do you feel you need to acquire to succeed?
1: Hmm. Um, Well, so I have no background in business whatsoever. (laughs) Um, I started this business because I felt like there was a need, you know, there was a a need for kids to figure out how to get themselves out there outside of just being able to communicate via text message and via, you know, on their phone or social media or whatever it is. Cause you know, that's the world that we live in now. Um, and so I kind of jumped, you know, headfirst into this crazy idea of starting my own business, and I've just learned along the way. I'm two years in, and I'm still learning. I think that's, you know, the biggest thing. You know, I'm a lifelong learner. You know, things are going to be thrown my way, and I'm just going to have to figure it out, and and that's life. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that I've learned from gymnastics. Um, you know, my biggest mistake in gymnastics was always feeling like, this was my routine, this was my plan. If I didn't stick to it, then life was going to be over. But you have to be flexible. You know, you're not you're never gonna have the perfect, perfect, perfect routine. I mean, you wish you will, but you have to be able to think on your feet. You know, if you miss this skill, you have to add this skill, you know, you have to be strategic. Um, And I definitely didn't learn that until I matured and got older and figured out, okay, there is some flexibility, not only in gymnastics, but in life, Um, because things are always going to be thrown your way. Um, So that was one of the biggest values, um, biggest things I learned from gymnastics and, you know, obviously the the great things like the discipline and the dedication and the focus, you know, from any sport is really good when starting a business. Um, but there's, there's definitely been ups and downs. There's going to be ups and downs. Um, but I think it's headed in the right direction. And I think people are seeing value in it? At least I know I'm seeing value in it, and I'm I'm excited doing it. That that's the biggest thing, you know. Like I love doing this. Um, I love helping kids, and um, this is gonna be like my little my little niche to to help kids.
0: That's so cool. And you know, I, I love that you started talking about flexibility and like adaptability. Because now I'm just like, yo, she needs to do parkour. You gotta <laughs> come, and that is everything that it's about. It's really about. Being I don't know how you guys and do it. It's, it's, say, it's everything you just said. It's <laughs> what you're doing with this business and what you're doing with life. It's just that embodied in movement. That's all. It, but it's that philosophy just in the movement. Just That's all it is. It's, so you're doing parkour right now. You all are, right. I'm, do, I'm doing mentally
1: parkour.
0: doing the you're parkour. Doing the mental parkour. I okay. mean, if it's not mental, it's not parkour, in my opinion. <laughs> all right. Yeah. It's just, all right, that's just a backflip. Like, no, no, no. That backflip was a barrier for you. And we we're figuring out how to overcome the obstacle of being afraid. Now you're doing some parkour, so even the gymnast, you got to do some parkour. <laughs> I'm big on the philosophy side of it all. Yeah, um, but I love
1: it. I, I mean, I should have spent more time with you guys, trying to trying to learn learn I mean, the movement. So I'll be back next just, year. No,
0: just stay another week. You don't even have to go <laughs> I home. I
1: wish. I wish. Yeah,
0: but um, so I like that you're diving headfirst into this new business, into this new niche. I am curious. I always like to ask people this and sometimes I intimidate people and sometimes the people are like, oh I'm ready with this answer. What I guess would be the ideal end goal or like the like if what's this how are you looking to scale if you don't mind me asking that question if there's an exit strategy you know we spoke about there being a life after gymnastics is. This something that you want to do lifelong. Is this something that you're looking at? Hey, I'm going to do this for the next five years or ten or fifteen or do you have a one hundred year plan? Are you like Apple and Google right now? <laughs> Are we like just only seeing Ooh, the, the tip of the iceberg? I
1: would love to have a one hundred year plan. I have not made a one hundred year plan. I don't okay,
0: don't know okay. if I'll live to a hundred. You don't even have to. Like, I mean, Bill Gates. I think but, they told me he has a thousand year plan. Oh wow! I'm just saying, like.
1: I mean, I would love for this business to grow. Um, I I don't know where it's going to go. I mean, I started it because I, I needed something to fill my time, one. Um, I needed to stay involved in gymnastics because I love the sport and, you know, I felt like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing with my life? Um, and, like, I, I just really enjoy it. You know, it's it's my side project. It's something that gives me hope. It, it's passionate like i i just really enjoy doing it i'm not doing it to make a gazillion dollars that would be nice but i think um like you know it's it's a really great hobby um if it launches and it takes off and it could be you know something that's self-sufficient and people think that it's really really valuable i think that's the biggest thing if at the end of the day let's say 10 years from now people look at it and they feel like they got something really valuable in it and it really helped them improve their life, be successful in society, you know, be prepared for college, for job interviews, for just life in general, that will be more valuable to me than making a bazillion dollars off of this, um, knowing that I'm, I made an impact in somebody's life. Um, you know, that, that's one of the biggest reasons why I love coming to these camps and, and doing these, these clinics and, um, like, spending my time because, you know, these kids get to spend a whole week with a, a quote-unquote famous person, and they realize, hey, you know what? They're just like me. You know they 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 started doing gymnastics when I did gymnastics. Like I was a camper here at Camp Woodward too. Like they realize that like these things aren't so out of out of range and and out of reach and and it inspires them to do whatever it is that they want to do. And so knowing that there's some value in you know me as a coach, me as a VIP, me as a guidance, um, a Counselor, I guess you can say. Um, a consultant, that's the word I'm looking there for. Um, you know, m- whatever that is, like I- if there's some value in what I'm doing, and 10 years down the line, somebody says, hey, you know what? You really helped me. Thank you. Or you really inspired me. Thank you. Like that will be the dream. So.
0: Wow, that is, <laughs> that's cool. I, that resonates with me big time because that's why I'm even back here at camp because of conversations like that with kids coming up to me and saying, Things like, dude, what we spoke about last year, like that changed my life. Like, oh,
1: you changed, so and I'm just amazing. like, Phew.
0: yeah, like you're hitting me. In the feels, man. Like, oh my <laughs> yeah, god, like, that's what please. it's all about.
1: Like, the yeah, feels. Like,
0: yeah, it's amazing. So I mean, I'm happy to hear that that you care about impact. I mean, if you look here, like, that's literally one of my core values. Where it's uh, with witness this, it's impact, transformation, leadership, integrity, and actually. Ex- execution. Oh, there we go. That's a weird one. (laughs) Um, You know, these are those values that we seek to give kids and I'm happy that that's your mission. I think that's why I say this a lot that I speak energy before I speak English and our energies to me, just my opinion, vibed right away. (laughs) And it's because of now that I'm understanding you and hearing you and learning more about you, I'm seeing why I'm understanding why we vibe so well because we're on a very similar mission where we want to lead by example, be the role models, mm-hmm. and teach people. I like teach kids and people how to be people, how to, you know, like yeah, you went to the Olympics. You said something to me actually that like, oh, like you said a lot. Of things, <laughs> and then you're like whoa, you said
1: that dinner should have been the interview. That dinner really <laughs> should have been the interview.
0: That dinner was fire. That conversation was fire. You said. The, one of the more amazing experiences about being at the Olympics was, one, it was a dream come true. And then it's also you're there watching other people's mm-hmm. dreams come true. And that's the thing. It's not the being at the Olympics that's amazing. It's the fact that you got really intentional about your life. You decided what the finish line was years prior. Mm-hmm. You worked your way through all of the crap you made the sacrifice you just you gave it everything you had you uh, you followed your dream you got so crazy intentional about what it was you were doing there was thought behind every action mm-hmm. there Absolutely. was um it was premeditated thought and that's what i like to show it's you weren't just going through the motion and that's What sometimes, unfortunately, I fear, a lot of people do when they follow, either through social media or they start to build their picture of what they believe celebrity is or the Olympians are, what type of people they are. So they're going through the same motion that they're visually seeing, without an understanding of what was going on in between your ears and knowing what you were thinking about as you were doing it, as you were progressing yourself there, and. Like, that's cool, because like, now you're you're out here, like, on your own sharing that with people and letting them know, like, hey, this is what was going on with me. This is what it felt like. This is what I had to learn. This is how long it took me, and I want you guys to get all of my experience, and I'm going to condense decades of wisdom and information and knowledge into, like, a five-hour seminar, and boom, you just you get to slice through it if you listen and take the advice in the course of, like, A year or half a year like you get to embody a lot of that experience and go on to step into your own unknown territory but Mm -hmm. you don't need to step back in my unknown territory like you already did the hard job of filtering through the mush Mm -hmm. and you built the base of the pyramid so that they can go higher Yeah, So that's cool.
1: I mean, and not everybody's going to have the same journey, but you're right. You know, it's not reinventing the wheel. So really understanding what the journey was for your idols or whoever it was that did it before you definitely can help you accomplish whatever it is. You know, not everybody's going to be an Olympian, but everybody is going to have a goal and everybody's going to have a dream. And, you know, working your way towards that dream is going to be a unique process, but you can definitely... See how other people did it and kind of pick and choose what's gonna work for you. Um.
0: So, now I got a serious question for you. Ooh. Very serious. Uh oh. Along the journey, were there any points where you were just like, I am done? Like, I am like, <laughs> I'm finished. I am, and you were just like absolutely PO'd and you were not having it. Obviously, you finished the journey, but like, were there points in time where you were just ready to quit, and what stopped you from quitting? What allowed you to go forward?
1: Yeah, um, I actually did quit.
0: Oh shoot! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my bad. <day. laughs> um, <laughs>
1: so my first attempt at making it to the Olympics was in two thousand twelve, actually, um, and clearly I did not make it. Um, I I wasn't in the right headspace. I wasn't training the way that I should have been training. Um, I wasn't confident. That was the biggest thing. I wasn't confident in myself, and I really didn't believe that I deserved to be an Olympian. Um, so so I, I wasn't in it. I didn't have the heart to, to be there. Um, I got injured, and um, I just I, I didn't compete up to the level that I knew that I could, um, and I didn't qualify. And it I ended up being a reserve athlete, and I, I literally missed competing at the Olympics by two-tenths of a point. So that's like... a a little step in gymnastics, like, you know, a bent arm or like something really tiny. And so I was pissed and looking back, I don't know why I was so mad because I, I did it my, you know, I did it to myself. I I wasn't all in. I didn't give it my all. I I could have saved those two tenths somewhere easily. Um, But I didn't, you know, I wasn't focused. I I didn't actually think like, Oh, I'll make it. Um, And so I didn't. And I was mad, I quit gymnastics. Um, I decided to then go into medicine because I was like, you know what? I need something else to do with my life. So I went to PA school. Um, And in the middle of um, PA school, I realized, um, and, you know, I I met a boy who really Mm -hmm. encouraged me to go back to gymnastics. He, like, listened to my story, and he really kind of understood what I was going through because he had a similar, you know, Career-ending injury, and he was like, "You're oh, you're gonna regret not trying and not giving it your all, and you know you have to go back." And so I like hummed and hawed about it, and I was like, "You know what?" At that point, I was 24, and I was like, "Oh, I'm pretty old for gymnastics. I was out of shape. I I left the sport, and I and I and I hated it. You know, I didn't want anything to do with it. But he was right. You know, he 100% was right that like." I had I was missing something. Like this was a goal of mine and I knew I didn't put 100% into it and if I had put 100%, like I could have I could have been there. So then I decided, you know, it, it I was going to do it on my terms and I was going to do it the way that I wanted to do it um and a way that I knew that whatever the outcome was going to be, like we talked about whether it was making it to the Olympics or not making it to the Olympics, I was going to be happy because I put everything i could not like when i tried in 2012 when i just willy-nilly eh, we'll see what happens no i was doing everything i possibly could i was gonna i was gonna put it all on the floor and see what happened and um so that's what i did that's why i returned and finally actually did it
0: <laughs> you just got me so excited like i'm over here kind of like shaking <laughs> and, because like that like i could feel it from you i'm like yo that's real like that is that's absolutely what you did and that's where like the journey starts getting way more fun way more exciting because now it's like yo i'm not screw it i'm doing what i want to do right like really it's yeah like that's the way in my opinion life should be lived Mm -hmm. you know and like i try to explain that to people in the sense that yeah it's okay to be a little selfish as long as you're selfish, isn't hurting anyone. Like in your case, it's you going to the Olympics and you doing this amazing thing and you bettering yourself. So no one's going to be like, hey, you stop bettering yourself. <laughs> I mean, at least not in this right. country. Right. But, you know, like, right. it's like, that's amazing. You really, that is the- so cool. That's that's role model material. Like I want <laughs> more people like you in the world that are just like, you know what? Like I'm going to acknowledge that I didn't get what I wanted before because I really... I didn't put it all in. I Like, I, I half-assed it. I exactly. Really, I really half-assed it. And now I'm going to really see where I get and If I make it, I make it. If I don't, I don't, but it's on me. Mm-hmm. And that is, oh,
1: that's awesome. Well, and that's the thing, too, you know, going back to that conversation of, you know, these kids or, or whoever's listening in and, and having these role models that have accomplished whatever it is. Like, I, I my biggest regret is being motivated by my failure. You know, like, I wish I never failed. I wish I would have just gone 100% in the first time around. You know, like... I I would have saved so much time. I would have saved, you know, so much effort had I known what I knew now, you know? Um, And, you know, that's part of the journey. It's part of the journey that I had to fail, that I had to get, you know, I had to be at the bottom of the bottom. I had to leave the sport. But um, I wish I would have, like, been able to fast forward and, like, see in the future and then, you know, change (laughs) the past or something. Um, You know, I, I, I wouldn't change a thing about my journey, but anybody listening in you know i don't waste your time not giving it 100 because it you know you're you're just cheating yourself um and you know everybody else that's kind of in the journey with you so just put it all in there put it all out there and and know that you're proud of whatever the product is whenever you're at the the end of that journey
0: that is so cool that's Amazing. You just said something It's so funny because sometimes I start thinking like, all right, let's just start wrapping this up. But you say something and you <laughs> spark and trigger. And I'm like, I got to get we on gotta this keep while going. it's hot. And you just said, you know, like not being motivated by the failures. And at the same time, like we recognize those failures are what teach us the lessons. And, you know, as a coach, at one point, my mindset with the coach and my students was, okay, like I made every mistake that, so that you don't have to. And then like one day I sat down and it hit me. I was like, wait a second. I learned all of the things I know from my mistakes. And, like, I know it, like, intrinsically for myself now. Mm -hmm. It's, like, the idea of, like, mom telling me, hey, don't touch fire, it's hot. But then when I finally put my finger in a fire, I might get burnt a little. Now I really know not to touch fire. So sometimes, yeah, yeah. you
1: got to learn from your mistakes. Sometimes you have to fail. Um, But, but yeah, I think you can go into it um, hoping that, one, you're not going to fail and knowing that even if you did fail... You put everything you possibly could, and so not feeling disappointed with that failure. I yes. think that that was the biggest thing. Like I was so disappointed in myself because I knew I could do better, and yeah.
0: <laughs> That's cool. I love that. I really do. Like I. So there is pretty much one more question I want to ask you. Among okay. there's a lot of questions I want to ask you, but you've been awesome in giving me time tonight, and yeah, I appreciate absolutely. that big time. Um, the other night while you're here at Woodward you joined in on a little tricking seminar, correct?
1: <laughs> I did. With Adam
0: Davenport and his Shapes tour. Can you tell me what that experience was like? You're an elite level gymnast stepping into a brand new sport. Looks similar from the outside, but not really, not at all. Like what was Is it similar? Is it easy, hard? Oh, my gosh. It's so
1: hard. What's hard about it is that, like, gymnastics is very linear. It's very linear. It's very precise. Um, Tricking is very precise as well. You know, there's the skills. There's, you know, what you're supposed to do. But it's definitely not linear. It's like... (laughs) So, I don't know. You it, it, Clearly, whoever's listening cannot see, but it's, like... <laughs> yeah,
0: you start it's you like, She's tilting her head yeah. right now. Like, she's just <laughs> like, like sideways. Sideways. It's sideways.
1: <laughs> so, like, knowing how... Like, knowing where you are in space um, is so important. And for me, like, I know up and I know down and you know, I know a certain way to, to twist. Um, and so it was really hard stepping out of like what I know and what I've trained my body to do for the past 20 years and figuring out, okay, well maybe I need to be on the Z axis instead Mm. of like the X and Y axis. And I'm like, I don't, I don't flip this way. Like it was very interesting. Um, but I, I think it's really cool. I think, um, it's gonna, it's gonna be big if it's not big yet. Um, because anybody can do it, I think, um, which is which is something that is really difficult with gymnastics. You know, you need a vault bars, beam, and floor rings, p bars, like all this equipment. Tricking, you could just go out go on the grass, the grass and yeah. do it. Um, you know, you got to know what you're doing so you don't get yeah. hurt. But it's really cool that, like, you can be a part of this community and you can learn these really cool things um, and kind of do it anywhere. So that that's really awesome. I, I would love to learn a little bit more. I was, like, super sore yeah. <laughs> the following day just because my body had never done, like, that type of movement. Like, of course I know how to flip and twist, but, like, in the way that that tricking is i had never done so it was it was definitely a cool cool new experience
0: that is so awesome i'm happy you enjoyed that experience you know big thing we're trying to do here at woodward with like our parkour program and tricking program start to introduce the sports to each other Mm -hmm. and start to open up the bubble you know like i don't like to see just bubbles that are closed off with big gates around them so each of these worlds gymnastics chair skateboarding they, most of them have their own little bubbles. Some are a little bit more open. Some are a little bit more closed. I'm trying to poke holes in them, build bridges. That would be
1: really cool if there was like a right? uh, uh, like hour uh, like Come where like the right. the, yep, the gymnasts went over to parkour, the parkour mm. like came over to the gymnastics like, and we just ch- played around with what each other's equipments were, you uh, know.
0: Woodward's gonna. Do, I think Woodward should do it. Woodward Tahoe just found out that they allow all their sports pretty much go everywhere so everyone gets to oh. do everything. So Woodward PA, I mean we're the mothership, we started it all, but come on, like we're lacking a little bit. So if you guys are listening to this and you want that to happen, start sending emails at Woodward. <laughs> They're gonna hate me for this. But just start emailing the heck out of Woodward and say like, hey, like let's try this open gym cross training, cross sport thing. That would be amazing. Just word it properly, please. Like, just word it way better than I just (laughs) word it so they actually take it serious. Um, I think
1: that would be really cool. I mean, every time I come to Word Word, I always try and do something something new. Whether it's, like, playing on the rectangle or, like, Borrowing somebody's skateboard and trying to figure out how to just roll around, you know, um, you know, I wear a helmet, of but, course, of course. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, that's the great thing about what, where there's so many cool things here that like, it's easy to try something new. And I think that'd be really cool for the campers to know that there's an opportunity to, to just dabble in something right. else. Right,
0: And it'll give them perspective and it'll allow them to see like, oh my God, like, although I'm new at this thing, I can still take the mindset from my sport. And keep trying and persevere and figure it out. Like, yeah. I learned how to tail the other night on a scooter, which was so rad. I was so hyped. And I was like, it only came from being super focused like I get in parkour and just breathing and visualizing it happening. And then it's like, all right, like just do it and be I patient and yeah. wait for the move and wait to be in the air. And it was just all these little things that had I not had my background in parkour and skateboarding, this would have taken... Months. Mm-hmm. I got it in like five minutes. And I was Nice.
1: Like,
0: I'm not a crazy, I'm a, not a talented athlete by any means. Like I, it's just hard work. That's all it is. Just,
1: I'm on the same realm.
0: Oh my gosh. So it's like, you get it. So i like, I would love to see that happen at Woodward. I'm cool. happy you got to play with the chicken seminar, the Shapes tour. Yeah. Um, and once again, thank you for coming on tonight. Um, guys, you know, if you want to show appreciation for what you just listened to, you can do so by going onto your social media, sharing this podcast, sharing this interview, tagging us in it so that we can see that you're listening. We could start a conversation. Um, You know, really, like, we don't charge any money for any of this. But if you want to show appreciation, share it. Like, share it with your friends. Like I said, if you got value out of this, odds are one of your friends are similar to you, and they might get something out of this. They might get that nugget of gold that they need to keep on the journey and keep on pushing, or they might just find it interesting. So do us that favor. I have a question. Where can people find you on social media if they're interested in knowing more about you and seeing what you're up to and seeing what the business is doing and how that's growing?
1: Yeah, um, my personal social media accounts on, on all platforms, Instagram, Facebook, what's out there, Twitter, um, is just at Hootie Gabushian, H-O-U-R-Y-G-E-B-E-S-H-I-A-N. And then if you're interested in the college recruiting or, you know, all of that, like interview stuff, confidence building, all of that, um, my business is called Full Out Collegiate Recruiting, and you can find it on all social media platforms at Full Out Recruit. So F U L L O U T R E C recruit r-u-i-t <laughs> I, I have to write it down oh my goodness that I was embarrassing
0: Same thing. no worries uh, yeah so. so thank you thank you thank you amazing interview and the energy with you is just unreal it's all genuine and i love it thank you
1: thanks thanks for having me on it's been really good chat
0: sweet mm-hmm. oh that was fun that was awesome Hey, guys, hopefully you enjoyed that interview. Hopefully the volume was good enough for you to be able to listen and hear everything. Like I said before in the beginning, if you are getting any sort of value from this, please make sure that you're subscribing so that you can get next week's episode as soon as it comes out that you are screenshotting and tagging us on social media so that we know you're listening. Let's continue the conversations. I'm sure there are questions you might want me to ask that I'm not asking. Reach out, let me know, tell me what you think. This is how we grow as a community. This is how we get more information out there and this is how we spread the love. I'm trying to pay it forward by giving you guys the secrets that has taken Most of these athletes, years, decades of experience to accumulate. We're just trying to give it to you in an hour. So show your love, show your appreciation, tag us and all that good stuff. And I'll catch you guys next week for the next episode. Peace.